0: Allness and welcome everybody this evening. I have the lovely Ronnie Landis with me again today. I'm super excited for this conversation tonight. Tonight we are going to talk about the difference between fasting, detoxification, DNA upgrades, self care, and self love. So I'd like to hand it over to Ronnie tonight to go ahead and let's dive deep into this rabbit hole of the misconceptions between fasting. And detoxification and what the difference between the two really is
1: awesome yeah so this is this is a great topic to start with it's definitely a misconception and there's a lot of different nuances and layers so i'll try to keep it as short sweet and simple as possible so let's start off with detoxification this is a massive topic and it's essential Mm -hmm. for every single person out there to understand um so we'll just kind of go with the layers first of all detoxification is essentially suggesting that we are detoxing something. So for example, our liver, it has over 600 functions in the body. But one of the main functions is that it filters toxins from our environment or metabolic toxins from food or the chemicals that are in food that we ingest, environmental toxins that we may be breathing in that get on our skin or we're ingesting, et cetera, et cetera. So its function is to detox um, a compound, let's say, and then make it less toxic and more manageable for the body to eliminate. And our body has four channels of elimination, our lungs for respiration, our colon for defecation, our kidneys for urination, and our skin, which is the largest organ Mm -hmm. of the body, which is perspiration. So that's the elimination phase of the body. All these organs have different functions to eliminate potential toxins or carcinogens, but the liver is what filters those things through. So we've got to make sure that we have a healthy, functioning liver to, to actually for the body to do its normal detoxification functions. But detoxification essentially is different ways that we, we de again, that word detox. It's where we we Tox. remove toxins from the physical body. And there's emotional detoxification, there's psychological detoxification, there's spiritual, energetic mm-hmm. detoxification that might be beyond the scope of this particular topic. But just in terms of the nuances and making this distinction, detoxing is essentially removing Toxins or foreign compounds from the body, so the body can operate in optimum functionability, and then fasting now fasting does have detoxification byproducts, but fasting is basically the practice where you are abstaining. if you want to get really technical, fasting is pretty much like water fasting, where you're you're only taking in water and you're abstaining from food, you're abstaining from calories, ultimately, Um, if you want to get really technical, you're abstaining from juices, because juice fasting is kind of a misnomer. It's actually juice cleansing. A lot of these terms can get a little bit um, confusing. Essentially, all these things aid in the detoxification process. But fasting is essentially where we're abstaining from certain things, like if we're going to do intermittent fasting, which is where we abstain from food altogether, and we do something like herbal teas, herbal infusions, we do juices, we do water. Um, you can even do like smoothies. That would be um, like a liquid, like a liquid-based intermittent fasting, where we're doing that throughout the day, and then maybe around four, five, or six, we have one solid meal. We have what's called a feeding window. Where we have about two or three hours where we can take in solid food, that would be a traditional intermittent fast or a cyclic fasting cycle. There's different ways to do fasting. Um, you know, again, water fasting—that's a very advanced approach. I would not recommend that people right out the gate do water fasting unless it's um, with an expert facilitator and it's in nature. You're abstaining from the wi-fi stimulus you're abstaining from work and all the uh, your relationships and all the stressors of your normal life and you are you're essentially putting yourself in an environment where you can go through a complete abstinence process you can abstain from the the world around you so to speak um that's just a that's just a little a little distinction we can go deeper if you want though
0: Oh no, I definitely want to go deeper. For sure. So in my practice, I do practice uh energetic detoxification. So I am removing blockages from the chakra layers, from the auric fields. And I I have found that when we remove these things, you definitely need to then add in to that or you create a void. And if we create that void, we're just leaving it open for more negativity to come back in. Do you find that true with the inside of the body also?
1: 100%. I mean, the, the mechanics of the universe are the same as the mechanics of our inner universe. Our inner garden actually follows the same mechanics of a, of a garden, like a, like, right. a, like a forest garden or a garden in your backyard. The soil matrix is a reflective of our microbiome, which is our inner garden. So the, the outer world is largely, a mechanic. I don't want to use the mechanical, it's not a materialistic perspective, but the, mech, the mechanics, just to use that term, yes. of the outer world are very much what dictates the mechanics of the inner world being our physiology. And so absolutely, you know, you brought up a really great point. All, our entire diet industry is based on deprivation. It's based on creating a void. And it's right. based on false under not understanding the actual mechanics of what operates the body in the first place. So, for example, when you create a void, let's say you have food, um, you have food habits, right? Mm-hmm. You have particular habit towards whatever, whatever types of foods, um, and you get on a diet. Let me just make this distinction: the word diet has the word die in it, yeah. And so symbolically, it's an energetic interference with what being truly healthy really is and you brought up a great principle which is essentially subtraction by addition yes instead of starving ourselves, instead of trying to rip things away from our life because we don't think that they're good for us or maybe they're not good for us but we have a we have a proclivity towards them we have a habit we may have an, addict, an addictive tendency towards certain foods in this case. Mm-hmm. And if we just try to take those away, that can create a lot of disturbance um, emotionally, psycho, emotionally, um, psychologically, and physiologically, and biologically, meaning that there's certain organisms inside our, our biological garden that have used certain foods that we may have a type of an addictive Tendency towards as a fuel supply. And we call these opportunistic organisms or infectious organisms like bacteria, viruses, parasites, fungal um, organisms like candida, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These organisms actually live inside of us and they share a symbiotic relationship with us. And if we feed ourselves inappropriately, Um, with food and and byproducts that don't serve us, but serve them, there's going to be an upheaval that happens if we try to take everything out right away. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a longer conversation that can go into a lot of deeper, deeper areas. But essentially the point is that when we're making a transition and we're going through a transformation of our diet, of our, or, or our live it, essentially our lifestyle and our food strategies, We have to be gentle with ourselves in the beginning. We can't just go flipping to this yo-yo diet or jump to extremes. We have to navigate the terrain step by step. So instead of subtracting right away, we want to add in the good stuff. We want to add in the superfood smoothie or the green powdered superfoods or certain um, upgrade supplements that might be very, um, very good for us, we, you know, we want to add or a green vegetable juice, whatever the case is, we want to add something in that's going to support us. And then what you're going to find is as you start stacking the odds in your favor, and start adding in the good stuff, it starts to terrain modify the internal garden in the, the microbiome itself and the, the, the colonies of bacteria that live within us, that support us will be fed, and they will outcompete the what's called the negative or detrimental forms of bacteria that have been living on the processed sugar, that have been living on the factory farm animal products, that have been living on the processed food and the soda, et cetera, et cetera. And it's it's it, it, our our body essentially starts to reformat itself, but it can't do that all at once. It's too much information coming in. We know our brain has to filter out most of the data that's coming in from our external world because our nervous system doesn't have the capacity to take in all the stimuli all at once. So there is certain filtering processes that have to happen. And there's a, there's an acclimation, there's an adjustment period that happens. So essentially when we try to take everything away that we've become accustomed to, we create a void. And as we know with yo-yo diets, the, the tendency is for somebody to swing all the way to an extreme and maybe right. they feel better and they do really good for a short amount of time. But once those critters start kicking up and once once that upheaval starts to happen, typically people will swing back all the way to the other end, but they'll actually swing back even harder than they did before and they'll start gorging and start you know really just diving into the ice cream or the sodas or the hamburgers or the french fries or whatever. Right. It is. Um, because those things inside of them are, are, are essentially influencing their choices. So, um, that, that's the
0: body's always looking for that natural healing paradigm. It's trying to always find its homeostasis. And so if you swing all the way over to one end and you get uncomfortable, the body then charges you to go completely the opposite direction because it's looking for that homeostasis. So I completely agree with, uh, with everything that you have said, um, So then what I found in my practice working with cerebral spinal fluid and cranial sacral therapy, your cerebral spinal fluid is your blood at its purest form. And so if you go and take these things out very suddenly, it causes misfires in the brain because the brain isn't getting what it's used to having around it because the cerebral spinal fluid flows through the arachnoid matter. And so I like what you say about addition, because if you're adding in and you're putting in these good nutrients into the system, it gives time for the body to adjust. And then your brain naturally adjusts to those nutritions being provided to it. And then it's going to want to naturally get rid of the toxins, get rid of that which is affecting it in a negative way.
1: Right. This this is such a good point that you bring up. So what would be valuable for people to understand is that these these organisms are highly influential over your nervous system and so that Mm -hmm. discomfort that you're talking about whether it's um it's a digestive discomfort and you're kind of feeling like maybe you're feeling a little bloated or your things aren't regulating the right way there's a physical discomfort well that also can drive emotions which are largely driven from the nervous system response so essentially what what's happening for most people um wherever they may land in this particular example, most people are in a hypersympathetic state. They're in a hypersympathetic dominance. So what that means is that you're basically in a stress state most of the time, if not all the time, because your sympathetic system can get locked into place. And it can be very hard to disengage from that and go into a parasympathetic state, which is digestion, elimination, relaxation, um, being able to sleep at night and not just not just clock out, but to get deep re- restorative sleep, all of these things are being affected. Um, and it can be very, um, it can get worse before it gets better. And especially when we're talking about fasting or detoxification, one of the things that can happen in detox programs is somebody can detox too quickly. And yes. so the chemicals that are, you know, one thing that's really great to understand is that a lot of people, there's a, there's a massive obesity epidemic in our world. It's beyond comprehension. And there's a lot of great weight loss programs, but what can happen is if somebody loses weight too quickly and they don't have certain designer detox products like activated charcoal or whether it's zeolites or bentonite clay or chlorella, things that are chelation material, mm-hmm. things that are binders, things that can bind up the residual options that get released from the fat cells when they get broken up,
0: right. then that,
1: that, can, that can kick on what's called a Herzheimer syndrome, which is essentially a shock system for the body. So people can go into a healing crisis when they're on a detoxification program. And that's why it has to be done in a certain way, because We have been exposed to over 77,000 identifiable environmental toxins and it's coming into our body. It's, It's actually, it's been coming in through the umbilical cord of our mothers when we were born. That's a verified fact. And so we have just been, all this stuff, basically what the body does is when we have a lot of this residual toxicity in the body, if it stays in the blood it can create a bioelectric shock. And that's the, that's the healing crisis. That's the Herzheimer syndrome. So the body is very intelligent in the way that it will produce fat cells to buffer that effect. It will actually encapsulate, it will encase the toxins mm-hmm. within it. So when people have a hard time losing weight, it's not because something's wrong with them or they're not doing their exercise program or their nutrition protocol correctly. Sometimes that's the case, but really what it is, is their body is in such a hyper-stressed-out state, and their body is essentially trying to protect itself by keeping the layers of fat tissue or the fat cells alive in the body. And that's a protective mechanism. So we have to do strategic forms of detox, and we have to do it, for most people, we have to do it slowly and gently and progressively stack things together instead of just doing a full on juice cleanse that can be appropriate for some people, but for most people for where they are and where they want to go, there's a, there's a, um, there's an acclimation phase and you gotta, you gotta navigate it intelligently.
0: Definitely. I, I fully, fully agree. I've seen that with clients who will put themselves into straight states of adrenal fatigue, even while doing a fast, because it's just too much on the body at once. They're like, I'm going to fast, I'm going to have it all out within five days. But yet it's taken years and years for these things to build up. So, I, I definitely agree that we need to do it strategically and slowly. Like, again, we're talking about that lifetime partnership with yourself. Mm. Get in and get to know yourself and listen to your body. Listen to what your body is really saying as to if you need to back off for a day, that's fine. You know, lighten up a little bit. If you need to dive a little deeper, you can take that too, but just do it with those precautions. Right. So, if you were to give a tip on fasting at home, on your own, what would that be? What would, what would be your number one tip for folks?
1: Okay. That's a great question. Um, well, the approach that I've taken with myself and with people that I work with, um, and coach is that I just, I just like to get people on an intermittent fasting protocol. Mm -hmm. And, and what I'll do is I'll typically start helping them tailor off their breakfast. When you're in it, when you're sleeping, you're in a technical fast cycle, because you're not consuming food. You're, you're, you're asleep, and then when you wake up and you have breakfast, that's when you break the fast. That's what the word breakfast means. And the way that most people have become accustomed to it through the through the food pyramid and what we've been told about health and nutrition based on our agricultural education, um, mm. is that you have some kind of you have some kind of muffin or some kind of like bacon and egg or uh, pancakes or some high sugar processed carbohydrate. Or, or yeah, like bacon, eggs, or sausage, or some, some kind of atrocious thing like that. And what, what is going on is that your body has a natural cleansing cycle, and it typically starts from 4 a.m. until about 11 or 12 noon, ideally, if everything is working efficiently. So in the morning time is the best time to support that natural process and abstain from solid food. Now, this isn't gonna be possible for everyone right out the gate. You gotta work your way up to this. But essentially what you wanna be doing is you wanna be consuming all liquid. So the way that I walk people through that is one liter of water first thing in the morning. Now, you might not be able to do that all the way. I'm like a fish at this point. Like I, I just I can go through liters of water before I even think about food. It wasn't always like that. But yeah. drinking one liter of water first thing in the morning with about one fourth teaspoon of sea salt is really effective because then your blood sugar starts to get balanced from the sea salt. Your adrenals get fed from the sodium and the other mm-hmm. the other micronutrients or the, the um the, the micro the micro minerals in the salt, which basically remineralizes you, keeps your blood sugar balanced, allows you to stay Uh, balanced up here so you're not swinging up and down and your adrenals are being fed and then from there i recommend someone either do like maybe an herbal tea or a tonic or they Mm -hmm. do a green juice and then they start to move from what i like to call low low density light density which is basically no calories and start slowly moving into heavier density food or or substances throughout the day so you do your green vegetable juice, you do your herbal tonic. you then you migrate maybe towards brunch or lunchtime with a plant-based protein superfood smoothie as your first real caloric um, intake. and then from there, you can pretty much navigate if you have to snack on some like apricot kernels or some sprouted almonds or pumpkin seeds or walnuts or whatever it is. you can kind of snack on something. and then eventually you want to get to a place where, you're you're having one solid meal during mm-hmm. maybe lunchtime. Or I mean, not lunchtime, but dinner time, maybe around five or six, and that can be like something like a green leafy salad with avocados, some good fats, uh, maybe a side dish of whatever your deal is, and then just in practice that because what'll end up happening is your body will start to modulate itself, and you'll start to find that you're not actually as hungry as you thought you were in the beginning, because what we know about metabolism is that most people are not actually hungry, they're thirsty, they're actually yeah. hydrated, but we were never really educated on this, and all the water we ever grew up with was like tap water, which is not even really water, it's just, it's basically chemicals in a fluid solution that we call water, it's not really what water is. So right. the water that you drink in the morning, should be either spring water or the highest quality filtered water that you have access to. And when you start rehydrating yourself first thing, bo- first thing in the morning, not only are you gonna feel better, your elimination is gonna be better. The kidneys are gonna start purging out. You're gonna start moving waste. You know, we call that going to the bathroom. You're gonna start moving stuff out of the body. You're gonna start to feel a lot better. And then what you're going to notice is that you're not as hungry as you used to be because you were never really that hungry to begin with. You were thirsty, but we misread the signal and went for food instead of drinking. And, you know, when, a good rule of thumb is that when you think you're hungry, drink a glass of water first, wait 20 minutes, and then see if you're still hungry. And most of the time for most people, they'll find that they're actually not hungry and then they can keep stretching it longer
0: definitely so do you find that when we do the intermittent fasting it helps keep the parasympathetic nervous system in play so that the cortisol then isn't going out
1: yeah especially the way that we do it so what i love about what i what i love to recommend for people is also taking in a free form amino acid supplement because we have a mass epidemic of people that are taking in way too much heavy protein, but they're actually amino acid deficient. And right. That's a huge. that's a huge discovery. That's a huge distinction in of itself that what we think of as protein, like some piece of meat or something, that actually has nothing to do with protein. It's a right. piece of meat. Let's get the terminology straight because a lot of people... Will come to me um, more so in the past, but they. I would ask them like, "What are you doing?" They're like, "Oh, well, you know, I have my vegetables, I have my my carbohydrates, I have my fats, and then I have my protein." I'm like, "Oh, okay. What's what's your protein?" They're like, "Oh, you know, it's the the turkey or the the meat or the lean meat." And then I'm like, "Wait a minute. Okay, so what you're talking about is actually a piece of meat. That's not actually protein, but but we've interpreted a piece of meat to mean protein, where I don't have to go into a long thing, but basically what we do know about protein and amino acids is that the amino acids that are in protein are actually what feeds our body. It's what gives us what we want out of it. But if we're taking in undigestible protein and cooked protein that is um, not really recognizable entirely by the body, and a lot of these amino acids are heat volatile, which means like tryptophan, which creates serotonin in the body is heat sensitive. So if we're cooking it, we don't get that amino acid. So what I like to what I like to get people on is free form amino acids in the morning, probably with that liter of water. So their body immediately gets those amino acids to replenish their muscle tissue, to feed their adrenals, to work on their blood sugar, and also to work on their brain. And when people do that as well, and whatever maybe other little supplements they might be working with, then they find that they're being nutrified; They're getting all the nutrition they need without the heavy calories.
0: Right. And you're getting that nutrition while that rest and digest is still into play. So your body is able to actually fully take it in. Because when we're in that sympathetic nervous system, we're so flight or fight that we aren't in that conscious awareness of absorption, let alone the body being in the awareness of absorption. Definitely
1: the body the body actually can't absorb much at all it can't really properly digest anything if you are in that sympathetic state that's not that you have to be in a parasympathetic yeah. sympathetic state meaning you have to be relaxed when you eat your food this is an ayurvedic principle it's a, it's a basically a principle in every culture that pre-existed western culture is that when you eat your food be with it actually eat your food don't just like watch tv or just like be at the dinner table talking and shoveling food down your throat you actually want to chew your food and have a relationship with it and be present with it because then all the microbes and the enzymes and the salivary enzymes in your saliva start to work on the food pre-digesting it before it goes down into the digestive system
0: So that is how I stopped eating meat was when I started being with my food. And I was like, Oh, wait, this really is a thigh. You know, (laughs) this is a quadricep. This is a hamstring. I'm not going to eat that. (laughs) This is not coming in my mouth. And when, so when you really get that relationship with your food, you'll a learn to love what you're totally putting in your body because you're going to be loving your body more. You're going to be aware of what is going into your mouth and then you're going to reap those great benefits from what we're putting in the body for sure. So one of the things I also find in my practice is people tend to still be sleeping while in the sympathetic state. So it's like they're so stressed out that they just knock out. They don't really get good rest. The parasympathetic nervous system isn't coming into play. And then when they wake up, they throw in these animal proteins and just start that vicious cycle all over again. So one of my goals that I've really brought onto the table is when I put my hands on you within the five, first five minutes, your parasympathetic nervous system is kicking in. Mm. And my people are getting the best rest ever in that one-hour session. So what are some other things that you could maybe give us as far as nutrients go that could help us stay out of that cortisol, that cortisol and adrenal fatigue?
1: Wow, that's a great question. There's actually so many things that pop up for me, nutrition and non-nutrition related, because essentially what's happening is most people have low-level PTSD or low-level trauma in their nervous system. And it's never actually been discharged. It's never actually Mm -hmm. been released. So like an animal, for example, in nature, they would have a release practice. If a gazelle is being chased by a tiger and they get away, um, they will shake it all off. They will shake all that trauma that got inflicted in that moment and it'll get shaken off and they'll move on. Us as humans, we have been traumatized in many different ways from the day we were born you know, from the moment you were born, you might have been slapped by someone in a white trench coat called a doctor, you might have been taken away from your mother in that formative moment where that bond between a child and a mother is formed. So you may never have had that connection, that maternal connection. So you may have trust issues that you don't even know where they come from. All these different emotional, uh, what we call emotional issues, but they're really trauma issues that have accumulated over our lifetime and have never been actually discharged from our nervous system. So that's one thing I just want to drive out there is that you need to get into some kind of movement practice. You cannot be sedentary. Our sedentary culture is what actually reinforces the the accumulated trauma and keeps, it keeps us like a cage. And I think this is one of the most important things for people is that most people feel kind of like caged in, but they're not. They're kind of like not really aware of it. They've kind of medicated themselves. They've numbed it. They kind of tranquilized themselves. And then when you wake up, and you like you said, like you go to sleep in that sympathetic state, then you wake up totally exhausted. Right. Um, and then you wake up and you're like, okay, the first thing I need to stimulate myself, I need to get this thing going, because I got to go to work, I got stuff to do, I got responsibilities, right? And then it's like, okay, it's the coffee, it's the meat, it's whatever. These are all stimulants, they're stimulating a further sympathetic response, a cortisol inducing central nervous system stimulating response. And so we never really give ourselves the opportunity to go here and then to start to modulate it back down. And the first thing in the morning, I just want to get this across. When you're in the morning time, not only is your body in its most opportune detoxification window, but you don't want to go from zero to 60 right away. So even if you do coffee or whatever, I, I don't really care, but you've got to be aware of your cycle. So you want to start, the water will actually help you downregulate regulate. Because the our body is mostly mostly fluids, whether it's cerebral spinal fluids, it's it's um, it's our blood, it's our lymphatic system, it's our seminal or vaginal fluids, et cetera, et cetera. It's all yeah. built from the base of water, so we need to rehydrate ourselves. That will bring us back into a parasympathetic dominant state, and we slowly turn that engine up. That's why meditation or yoga or some kind of movement practice in the morning is so essential because it'll help you start to naturally rev up. And then once you get to this point, you might find, I don't need to stimulate myself. I'm already naturally high. That's what we want to get to. In our society, we are just like everybody is trying to get high because they feel so low that they're trying to artificially get themselves to feeling like some kind of state of high. So whether it's smoking or it's coffee or whatever recreational drugs it is, whether it's food, food is the biggest drug going. It They're trying to get that that high, but you can get to states of natural high where those things, you actually realize how stimulating they are and they take you out of balance. That's a little bit of a rant right there.
0: I love it. We can rant all day because yeah. um, my rant on that one is, is we look for that instant gratification. But if you learn to create that longevity flow, If you learn to create that longevity energy, it'll give you the peaks when you need the peaks. It'll become your natural adaptogen and it'll take you when you need to come down. And so that's super, super important that we recognize that when you wake up, like give yourself the time. I wake up early because I like to have the time to properly get up. I write in my journal in the morning. I sit and do my breathing exercises. I of course add the water in. And then I'll slowly move. But I move very slowly. I'll get off the bed and I put my feet on the ground with intention, you know, and then I'm getting up with intention. And then I'm gonna go do my yoga practice or I like to do like some consensual dancing, you know, and bring in the sun. So I'm gonna lead into what are your thoughts on sun gazing?
1: i think it's great i think it's great my my thoughts on it after years of of doing it is that you definitely it's definitely powerful for your pineal gland which is Mm. the intermediary gland between the right and left hemispheres of your brain and it helps to synchronize the connection between the between the temple think about you this is called your temple right well that's that's also a metaphor for your inner temple and most people are left brain dominant. Again, that's that's very much the sympathetic, the logical, the materialistic, almost this atheistic theme going on in society. That's all left brain trying to figure everything out. The right brain is the counterbalance, whether it's masculine, feminine dynamics, if you want to think along those terms. Essentially, the two hemispheres have to be in connection with one another to be a whole and complete human being and the pineal gland is the inner well the corpus callosum is the bridge sure. between but the, the pineal gland is the the gland that rests right between the both and it's it it has been called the seat of the soul
0: Definitely.
1: that's that's also where you're you're producing your melatonin which is um, another in dimethyltryptamine which are on the same pathway which is basically melatonin is That that chemical that gets activated or produced when you're in darkness, you know, so in in ancestral terms before artificial lighting and, and all the neon lighting and all the stimulation, when the sun would go down, melatonin would start to get produced and then we would sleep earlier and get deeper sleep because we weren't suppressing our melatonin through looking at a screen or being influenced by artificial lighting. And so, when you get into sun gazing, it helps to recalibrate your biorhythms, your circadian rhythms, which you put you back into your natural sleep and rest rest cycles. And so, my my thing with uh, sun gazing is that you want to make sure when you do it, you're actually grounded, because you want to get a barefoot connection to the electromagnetic field of the earth. And so, that actually connects your nervous system to the alkalizing, ionizing. I guess uh, the field of the earth, and then it synchronizes you. So when you're looking at the sun, you're in direct direct connection with it. But if you're ungrounded, it can actually be somewhat damaging if you're not attuned to this. That's that's one disclaimer. The other thing is, if you're just getting into sun gazing, you probably shouldn't just look right at the sun because your 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 eye, your retinas, yeah, your retinas, they're not they're not attuned it, right. so it can actually be too much radiation, too much solar energy, solar radiation for your, your, um, your retina and your optic nerve to take in, so you want to pace yourself, so what I recommend people doing is actually just closing your eyes, and when the sun is at its peak, you can look into it, but close your eyes and just kind of take an image, you're, gonna, you're taking in all that that energy, you're taking it into yourself, and that's a good way to get started, And then you can slowly start migrating to being able to look close to the sun. If you're really adept, you can, I can look directly at the sun. I'm not going to do it all day long, but you can, you can, um, you can start to get there or, or, and, or when the sun is about, it's going sundown about 45 minutes to an hour as it's going down. That's a really great time to, to start down regulating in your day and to start getting the most beneficial um, effects from it without potentially damaging your eyes.
0: Sure, and then that's going to bring in that circadian rhythm if you're watching the sun set because you're naturally bringing that back into the pineal gland. Right, you're that right. rhythm back in for sure. Yes, so I'm an avid practitioner of sun gazing. Like I love the sun. The sun and I have a wonderful relationship. And what I found is that the more I sun gaze, the better my eyesight becomes. Yes. Yes. And it really will help if you're having any sort of uh, myopathy going on with the eyes, you can start practicing small amounts of sun gazing and it really will help, help the eyesight a lot.
1: Yes. the Sun is a nutrient. I mean, let alone it is. vitamin D and how essential that is for us. But the sun is a form of nutrition, just like the earth is a nutrient, just like water is a nutrient just like the the air that we breathe in is a nutrient these are elemental forms of nutrition that we have been disconnected from in our artificial boxed in plasticized world and so we have to take the box off our paradigm yes. and our lifestyle and start getting connected back to the rhythms of nature in order for us to feel like natural human beings we have to be connected to the rhythms of nature and um And yeah, that's just a super important point.
0: Well, we are the elements. Our body is made of these minerals. Our body is made of water. Our body is made of fire. We are an electrical system and we cannot connect without air. You know, so it's like if we aren't connected to these elements, you are, you're disconnected from yourself. And that is probably the biggest thing that's going on right now is this disconnection to the body. We are not connected to ourselves. We compartmental ourselves into these different labels, into these different boxes, instead of focusing on the whole, Mm. instead of focusing on the whole being. And that is the elements. That is that spirit. That's the ethereal planes. That's the as above, so below. And that connection needs to come back into play so that we can heal the suffering on this planet. We aren't going to heal the suffering on this planet and still, until we start looking at ourselves as a whole again. And as a whole, that means a whole with the earth, a whole relationship with the earth. And I think we've really, really unfortunately gotten away from that over these past
1: hundred years. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things I wanted to mention, because getting connected to the, the elements of nature has everything to do with your body's natural detoxification mm-hmm. and elimination system. So think about it this way your lungs are your respiration that's air right your colon and defecation that's earth your skin and perspiration that is fire your skin being directly penetrated by the rays of the sun creates perspiration and that is that so that would be fire and then your kidneys and urination that would be water so our body like you said so eloquently our body is a form of nature. And when these organs get um, compromised, let's say they get blocked up or non-functioning, a lot of the times it's a reflection of our own disconnection with the natural elements.
0: Right. Correct. And so if we have that disconnection to the elements, then where does spirit come into play? You well, know,
1: what, is how is spirit? your
0: spirit going to be housed in this temple?
1: Right. No, exactly. Because that's what it's all about, right? Like, why? Why do we want to get healthy? You know, health, health is just such a contrived term at this point, like, being healthy is a given like that. That's just a natural byproduct of being a natural, harmonious human being really what we want to be is in tune with what we call spirit and spirit is omnipotent, it's omnipresent, it's omnipositive, it's omni beneficial. Basically, what that means is it it is here everywhere we go. We can't get away from it no matter what kind of little thought, you know, little gymnastics game we 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 play in our mind to try to disconnect right. ourselves or materialize ourselves from spirit. Spirit is omnipresent. And really, where we're trying to go with this is the soul and the soul being fully anchored in the, the body and being fully manifested through the body to express spirit. uh, Authentically, and that—that's a—that's a a bit of a a bit of a conversation of itself. But that's ultimately where this is going, because the only real reason to be on a path like this is because you have a dream inside of you. There's something inside of you that wants to be birthed and manifested through you as the potential of who you are and why you were put on this earth. And we can't do that in a compromised body. It's—it's—it's near impossible. To be in an attitude of gratitude if your body is full of pain, you have infections, you have digestive compromise, your immune system is, is non-functioning, your brain, you have brain fog, you have chronic arthritis, whatever it is. It's very hard to be in an attitude of gratitude if your body is full of pain. So we've got to find a way to, to heal the pain and get out of pain so we can be who we are meant to be.
0: Right. We've been in this culture to think that the only way we can learn is through pain. Right. And and I and I see that on my table daily. People are like, Oh well, I was put here to do this. And I'm like, you can change that. Mm-hmm. You know, you aren't you don't have to you don't have to keep reliving the generational pains that we've been living for so long. We know them now. Mm-hmm. So what can we do? To move out of that pain paradigm so that we can be in our pleasure paradigm. Because this earth actually should be a lovely place to visit. It's a great vacation spot for the soul. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what are some things that we can do to help, help get connected with spirit? Besides just nutrition, because nutrition is obviously very important
1: yeah nutrition the vehicle it's the access point it helps us be more harmonious but essentially we have to identify what is our dream and not, mm. not our fantasy but what is our dream right. and our dream is something that comes from deep within it's, it's why we're here it's what wants to be born from us it's something beyond our service to self it's service to self through serving others in some way so what's that inside of us how are we here to contribute to the lives of other people and humanity and the earth and that's really the journey that i see more people now starting to undergo that's really because when you when you start to get in tune with your personal mission and your personal dream or dharma then the priorities in your life start to rearrange you know one of the reasons people say oh i don't have time or or uh, whatever it's, it's because it's not part of their their conscious priority list because they haven't linked self care practices to the bigger picture most people are living in mundundity they're living in the day to day they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're living in the obligations to other people and so as long as you are you are in that kind of straitjacket then you're you're never going to have the time you're never going to be able to prioritize what's really truly important to you and you're never going to be able to really implement all the things that we're talking to in a in a transformative way because you haven't gotten clear on what is the point of it all. When you know why you're doing something, you know why you're getting healthier, is it serving a bigger purpose, then your whole life will recontextualize itself, the universe, spirit, whatever it is, it will it will um, conspire for you. But one thing about that is sometimes things have to be broken down. Sometimes Um, relationships or jobs or businesses or paradigms have to be deconstructed in order for you to the authentic you to emerge out of it to a place where um a place where you know all these things do come into they do come into effect but it's one thing after another it's one thing at a time you can't do everything all at once so you no. guys just add in that green vegetable juice or you got to in the, add in that green powdered superfood shake or that superfood smoothie or that herbal mm-hmm. tea or that one liter of spring water or that green leafy salad. You, you got to get started where you can. And then at the same time, you've got to start looking at your life in a way of what is, um, it's really about self-honesty, right? At the end of the day, it's like, being honest with yourself like am i living a life that i want to live in a year from now do i still yes. want to repeat this in 5 years and 10 years is this the life is this getting is this going somewhere essentially am i going where i want to go and if the answer is no then you might have to take a step back and go to the beach and take a day off the digital do a digital detox and and, and really get clear on what is my time energy and life worth and start to value yourself a little bit more. Yes.
0: So like what you said there about digital detox. I think we are so inundated in this digital world and people are, I mean, it's obvious they're stuck on their phones. I see, I see on a daily basis, people with, um, you know, kyphosis of the neck opposed to the lordosis of the neck. And so they've got the straightening of the spine. And if you have that straightening of the spine, you're bringing into play more physical, attributes like you're knocking off your nervous response so in digital detox what are your thoughts as far as energetic parasites
1: oh yeah absolutely i mean that's i did an entire interview with my friend robert marking on this topic and um really so there there is something called um electromagnetic parasites or psychic mm-hmm. parasites um yes. these are different types of interdimensional entities or or vampire like um organisms if you want to use that word that exist in different different um uh, dimensional densities wherever you want things right um and yes um so for example somebody goes online and they go to uh they go to a pornography website we call that the dark net and so the dark net is basically where the the darkness exists on the internet now you're now you think you're on your computer and you're just seeing images and and things on your screen and it's only you know like everything is imprinted that we're looking at and we're putting emotional and charged energy into that's also Mm -hmm. being imprinted into our our consciousness and all the the patterns the, the subconscious patterns that are that are helping to create our reality creating our desires our habits um There are definitely psychic parasites and electromagnetic parasites that ride along the Wi-Fi wave. And so, if somebody in the house next to you, we're we're bathed in a Wi-Fi field everywhere we go. And so, this isn't just happening on in your particular engagement with the internet, but it's also happening in the neighbor next to you, the the neighbor next to them, and the whole field. It's actually a communication syndicate of messages that are being transferred, and it's affecting you as well. And so if you're not fortifying yourself with positive thinking and affirmations or meditation, then you're going to get the imprintation on your bioelectric field, or just let's just call it your consciousness, is going to be affected by these things. And that's what drives negativity. That's what drives pessimism or paranoia or subtle states of depression that people feel and they don't know where it's coming from. There's no rhyme or reason you're actually Mm -hmm. being affected by these, these uh, entities or these organisms that exist in our, in our reality. So how do you, how do you disinfect it? Well, there's a lot of different ways. Sage, Palo Santo is definitely spiritual disinfectant, very powerful, very helpful Um, essential oils. I found to be very, very helpful for this. Um, anything that uplifts your vibratory frequency, your vibration will start to protect you because these, these organisms just like parasites and fungi and all that, they, they are like the garbage depot inside your body. But these, these entities well, they feed on negative emotion. They feed right. on negative thought patterns would drive those lower level emotions. And just cause you, you, you're feeling down one day, doesn't mean anything's wrong with you but it does mean that you need to start being more careful with your inner dialogue with the the, with the the emotions that you start driving and the music that you're listening to and the people that you're talking to I know you know because you work you're physiotherapist you actually work on people and, and and everybody knows they've talked to somebody and after they've talked to them they were completely drained from talking to him that's that's what i'm talking about like people are literally have these energies these entities if you will in their field and they're they're being driven like a remote control to go seek out the light in other people and suck up the light because these these entities um these entities basically they need the light as a fuel source and so they don't have it themselves it's kind of a psychopath doesn't have empathy so they need to get it and, 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 and take it from somebody else because they don't actually have it intrinsic to their nature. So it's the same kind of thing. you got to be careful about the people you keep close to you. This typically happens with family members especially. And this mm-hmm. is unconscious. These people don't know it. They're literally being influenced like a remote control, and they're, they're, they're scavengers. They're scavenging wow. the fuel source wherever they can get it.
0: It's one of the things I talk highly about with uh, my Reiki students is especially when they're first starting to really use their Reiki on clients is to really protect their energy field because as a new Reiki student and as being opened up to that channel, they'll start pouring in real quick. They're like, ooh, fresh light, fresh light. Let's go see what's going on. And the other thing I really see is in the video games having a son who's played video games and you can, you can feel the vibrational level in the house just drop instantly. And if you sit for a moment and just, kind of watch these people as they're playing, you can see the energy coming out of the screen and wrapping into their auric field. And you can start to see like where these attachments go. And they love to come in through that solar plexus. Like if you are having any weakness in that solar plexus, that'll be the first one. So that would be like my self-care of the day is check in with your solar plexus. If your gut isn't feeling right, and again, we go back to gut health, right? If your gut's not feeling right, you're, you're going to feel that on those energetic levels all the way out, you know, 11 dimensions out into the auric field.
1: Yeah. And when someone, someone gets like triggered by something or somebody, where does that usually occur in the body? If you feel it's right there in that solar plexus area and the gut in the solar plexus it's in. And that's a really important part too, is that your your you gotta take care of your, your microbiome, you gotta take care of your mm. gut because your guttural intelligence mm. is really like people use the word intuition a lot, but intuition is is it's not cerebral, it's not up here. It's a gut no. instinct. It's and if your it. your bacterial colonies in your gut are compromised and you have these this imbalance of, of opportunistic organisms, they're going to cause you to do say think feel and consume things that are going to drive the sympathetic state that are, Because that's the fuel supply the stress and the fear and all that sh- stuff is this is you say this,
0: shit it's okay yeah. <laughs> it's it is shit cuz
1: it drives your shit too that's right. it really does or it backs your shit up that's right and it creates more food for these organisms but you start to you start to feel horrible and and so this this is all there's a lot of unpacking and it's a lot of kind of like decoding here but you get the point like um you got to really take care of yourself you got to take care of your gut because that's where the intelligence is that's that's called your second brain there's more neurons in your microbiome in your gut than there are than there are in your spinal cord Right. right And So in in all the communication going up here, especially when it pertains to our hunger signals and our our Mm -hmm. food habits is being driven down here. So like when someone's triggered again, it usually is happening in that solar plexus and gut area and you can start to feel it. You can start to actually, um, the the more you take care of your, your beneficial bacteria, the more you take care of your gut and your digestive system, the less emotionally reactive you be, you, you become, actually, yeah. right. It's a really interesting thing, um, which kind of drives the the point that I think we've been making.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that solar plexus, we got to remember, you know, it comes around the back too. It comes around the sides and it goes all the way around the body, just like all the chakras. It's right there in line with the kidneys. Your kidneys is your chi. That is your vital energy. That is your life force energy. So pay attention to it. Like really pay attention to that. everybody who's listening today, pay attention to that gut instinct. And if your gut instinct is not happy, your gut's not happy.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So let's do a self-care tip of the day before we wrap this up. We've been on here for a good hour and this has been a lovely conversation. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, So my self-care tip of the day would be to definitely take that time waking up. So tomorrow when, when you're waking up, I want you to tap in to your body. I want you to... Tap into those chakras, really feel what's going on in your kundalini, feel what's going on in your microcosmic orbit, and notice if there's any disruption still in the body. And if there are, take time to just put your hands in that area and say the affirmation I love and forgive myself completely. I love and forgive myself completely. That's my tip. That's
1: fantastic, Thank you, my sweet friend. Yeah, well. Outside of everything that we've shared, um, I would say my tip for the day here is disengage from all the activities as best you can, step by step, that are taking you downward energetically, that are drawing your energy down. Um, That might mean disengage from the computer for a day or for an hour if you feel like you're on it all the time. Um, Start to disengage from the activities, the people, the foods, the substances, um, and the energies that are taking your energy down and get connected to nature. Because that's really what it's about. That's what I mean by disengaging. I don't mean get off your phone and get off your computer and just uh, necessarily lay down on your bed. Although that, that, I mean, if that's what you got going, like do that for sure. But essentially what I mean by disengaging is re-engaging with nature. That would be my, that would be at least one hour a day, if at all possible, whether that's your park, that's an ocean, getting into the water, that's getting into a forest, going on a hike, whatever it is, re-engage with the natural cycles of our earth and uh, make that time for yourself because you are worth it.
0: Definitely. The internet's not going anywhere. It'll be there when you come back (laughs) for sure. Thank you so much, Ronnie. This has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation with you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I look forward to many more rabbit holes that we have to dive deep into.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a total pleasure. Yes. All right.